Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Our subject today is the Ouija board, fact or fiction. I got a request to do a show about this topic from perhaps our biggest fan. His name is Tom, so I am always open to suggestions. Today, I want to introduce you to a woman who has been working with the Ouija board since 1973. And actually, she calls herself a Ouijaologist. Her name is Karen Dahlman, and she's a psychotherapist, actually. She is an amazing woman and is the author of three books, The Spirit of Alchemy, The Spirit of Ouija, and The Spirit of Creativity. So let's get on to this very controversial subject. Karen Dahlman, warm welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Hi, Sandra. Very glad to be here. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. I'm so excited that I got a little tongue-tied in your introduction, but uh, I mean, well. It's a lot. (laughs) I'm really excited because, first of all, I think the subject matter that we are going to get into with the Ouija board is controversial to some, and so I know controversy sells, so we'll see where it all goes. Just to start out, Karen, first of all, thank you for saying yes to being on the show. Oh, absolutely. You're very welcome. I've heard some really wonderful things about you and uh, how warm and wonderful and giving you are. So how does your story begin that you get involved in this world? And uh, just keeping in mind that, of course, people love to hear why you believe that life after death is real. So if you can give us some of your background. Absolutely. Well, I'm one of those children that at a very young age, um, remember, I guess you can say kind of that I was from somewhere else. In a sense, I had always connections to other beings. I could see them. Um, they come in my room at night. It usually came when I was more calm. But I also had what we might call an imaginary playmate that was not imaginary at all by no stretch of my imagination. Very real, very physical. And it would communicate with him and he would communicate with me first telepathically. And then I started using my mouth. But I remember he his thoughts would come into my own. It was a very, very positive experience for me, yet I realized nobody else in my family experienced him. Mm. And so I learned pretty much at a young age not to talk too much about this stuff because, you know, you could kind of be deemed crazy. So I just kept a lot of that to myself as I got older. And I put this imaginary playmate, I think uh, at that time, away. I never really put him away. And I can explain how he stays in my, he's still in my life to this day. But uh, I put him away, so I thought. And about the age of eight, you know, still having weird experiences. I just went and talked to people about it. I had like guardian angels visiting me. I would call them the guardians, uh, but they are angels. They're angelic beings, and they'd visit me at night. I physically would see them, and they'd come and touch me sometimes and make sure I was okay, and they felt very nurturing. But around the age of eight, I had some friends uh, who lived down the street, and they invited me to come to their house and play. They were two sisters. One was the age of eight, and one was 10, and I was eight. And so we went to their house thinking we're going to play some kind of new game they had. They said, hey, we got this new game. Well, they pulled out the Ouija board. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what is this? I, I really didn't know much about it. I just, I didn't even know what it was. And they said, you know, look, you can, we, you can, you can talk to the dead through this tool. I said, what? Come on. And they put their hands on and start talking, asking questions and it's spelling out answers. And they were a little silly at first. And I said, I want to try it. He said, okay, try it. And sure enough, it started moving and we were getting some answers to some questions. And they said, now we're going to introduce you to our sister. I said, what, what do you mean? Your sister's right here. They says, no, I have a dead sister. I said, what? Yeah. One of the girls in the room, the twin, the older one, 10, had a sister who died right after birth. And they said, 
she is growing up. She is our age now. I said, what? Uh, she's dead, but she's your age? She goes, yes, we talk to her all the time. She's also 10. Now that just opened this whole world up to me in terms of, hey, I've been seeing things. What are these things? Maybe these are the spirits and this is similar. I can talk to him now through this board and we can talk to a child who's dead, but also now is growing up on the other side. It really put a lot of things together for me at a very young age. So Sandra, I quickly ran home, told my parents, it's true. It's true. The dead exist. You can talk to them. They're sure, sure. Wink, wink. <laughs> but that's what I was learning in church. I was a Catholic. Of course, I was yeah. raised Catholic. And I was told, you know, that, that you, you have an afterlife. And now I had proof and that you had guardian angels. And I already knew I had angels because I talked to them and I saw them. But here was more manifestation of it. And from that point on, I asked for a Ouija board for Christmas. I got one from Santa Claus that year. <laughs> God was, loves Santa Claus. God loves Santa Claus and Santa <laughs> Claus loves me. And it was December, get this, it was December 25th, 1973, and the day after, on December 26th, 1973, the Exorcist movie came out. So it was kind of cool. I got mine right before the Exorcist came out. (laughs) But that incident led me on this lifelong journey and odyssey exploring the other realms with this incredible tool. Right. Incredible. And was it in the Exorcist movie that the Ouija board came out as a horror Piece? Yeah, in that movie, Reagan, who was a girl, but the true story was it was a boy. But the but Reagan used it to talk to Captain Howdy for about a minute and a minute and a half in the movie. That's about it. And that's supposedly Captain Howdy became Panzuzu, which was the demon in the movie. Blah blah blah. But that's how the Ouija board was introduced. Now let me say this: when the Ouija board was made and sold, all these years, it came out in 1890. It did. So Oh. Yeah, it's that old. It came out in 1890, 91 when we, the patent was granted. And it was made by a company called the, the Canard Novelty Company. William Fold was a varnisher at the company. He took over the company in 1919. His family owned it until 1966 when Parker Brothers bought it from them. And get this, in 1966 through 1967, that board outsold their top-selling game of the day, which was Monopoly. It sold 2 million copies. So you can imagine how popular this tool was. So, of course, Hollywood ran with that. And so when this exorcist came out in 73, well, the book came out in 71, but the movie came out in 73, of course, they used the Ouija board because it was a pop, it was the most popular selling game. It's marketed as a game at the time. Mm-hmm. See, so Hollywood really knew how to use that as a marketing ploy. And of course, there was your, your Ouija board <laughs> popping up in, in, a, in a negative manner. <laughs> yeah, really interesting how... Um... These things come up and then they become, you know, something scary or something not to play with. Because when we were kids, I don't know if we had one or a friend had one. But, you know, I knew the intent behind it was to talk to dead people. And I thought, hey, cool. But it wasn't the, oh, my God, you can't play with that. You're, you know, bringing in the devil. So (laughs) it it makes sense that it came in from the movie. But here's the thing. I'm all about busting through myths on this show, you know, and, and empowering people. I know for myself, I did some studying on uh, EVPs, electronic voice phenomena, back in 2005, or I think it was 2005. And why I bring this up is at that time, you know, I really thought if I tried to record dead people, like, you know, the devil could come through, you know, right? Because remember the movie White Noise that came out? I sure do. Yeah. So that had to do with uh, electronic voice phenomena. And so when I finally decided to take a course, course on uh, electronic voice phenomena with the couple that was at the time running the association for electronic voice phenomena, Tom and Lisa Butler, they told the story of how EVP really got known in the world. And it was only because somebody featured it in a scary movie. And be- Very interesting. Yeah. And so they were really upset because they worked with whatever uh, film company it was. I can't remember what studios it was, but they trained them how to do this electronic voice phenomena. And and in the past, I mean, they, their knowledge of all these, you know, thousands of EVPs they recorded, recorded were messages of love and very often humor, right? So now... <laughs> This movie production company takes it, turns it into a horror, and of course they were horrified, like, oh no, this is, this is a tool people get good messages, not bad. Well, on one hand, you know, it caused a lot of fear, but on the other hand, Karen, the whole world knew about recording and yeah. people started doing it. You know, some people started doing it for the right reasons. So maybe through the 
this conversation, we can demystify the Ouija board and it can be, you know, used as a tool for communicating with our loved ones and take away the the stigma of uh, scary stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and, and Sandra, I was raised again in a, a Catholic family, and we did we did church. We went to yeah. I mean, did the Bible school. I did uh, catechism. I did CCD. I did all the confirmation. Did all of that. We had yeah. a rosaries uh, rosaries in our rooms. We had our crosses on our walls. We were really into it. And to me, it didn't. It wasn't contradictory. It wasn't contradictory to the religion because my family wasn't like oh bad Ouija board. They're more like sure you can go use this and. It, you know, they, there was no, there was neutral. There was no negativity, no positivity. They just probably thought it was a game. Um, we talk about it to this day because my parents still know I, you know, I do it that I, I'm, you know, talking internationally about this stuff and write books about it. You know, they, they fully understand there's something to this that, that I'm communicating with these different dimensions and realms. And, but, but I never had the fear instilled in me. Other people did. Other pe- children would come to my house, we'd do sleepovers, and, and they, their parents would say, or the mom would say, you could go to Karen's house, but you can't do the Ouija board. And I always said, why can't you do the Ouija board? Don't worry. We'll play light as a feather, stiff as a board. We'll do something else paranormal. You know? <laughs> I forgot about that. Can't we played that? that too. Oh, fun. Well, we all played that. And so what? why was that okay? And why was the Ouija board bad? See, the, my point was to me, it all was dealing with these other dimensions. Yeah. It was allowing us to explore and tap into what happens to our consciousness, what happens to our soul and spirit when we pass over. What abilities do we hold within ourselves that we don't tap? And light as a feather, stiff as a board really allowed us to start lifting people with like two fingers. You know, it showed us that there was so much more than meets the eye or what we're told. And so I thought, you can't do Ouija, then we'll do other kinds of games that'll let us reach into these realms. And so Ouija for me became kind of a symbol of that. But also I was using it all the time with different people just to explore these realms. And I did start with speaking with the deceased, and it was beautiful for for that. And to this day, I will still hold sessions where I will speak to the deceased or people have questions, and and it helps them, you know, have closure on grief or to have some answers. And, And I communicate with animals also through this board. Karen, we have to go into our first break, but I want to tell our listeners how to find out more about you. Your website is Creative Visions publications.com. There's so much there. And I know currently a lot of people are still using Ouija boards, but they're being sold as spirit boards. So when we get back from the break, Karen, I want to ask you how a nice girl working mainstream jobs gets turned into a Ouijaologist. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com shades today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P shades. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do 
find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for that certain someone who shares your interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal? Well, look no further than ParanormalDate.com, the unique site for like-minded people. If you like the senior crowd, try ParanormalDate.com slash seniors to meet like-minded people that are 60 plus. It all depends on what you prefer. ParanormalDate.com is great for everyone. You can also tap into members that are 60 plus at ParanormalDate.com slash seniors. Enjoy your search and have some fun at ParanormalDate.com. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. At ParanormalDate.com, you meet the most fantastic people. Hi, I'm Tom. Hi, I'm Jennifer. What brings you here? Yeah, I'm here to meet someone who understands me. How so? Well, I'm into UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, uh, the paranormal, uh, that kind of stuff. But can't seem to find anyone who gets it. Oh, well, um, nice to meet you, Tom. I, I gotta go. Uh, uh, okay. Guess that's not your cup of tea. Are you sure? Very. Good luck with that. I can't meet anyone when I'm out, and I really can't find a website for my unique interests. What does one to do? Have you thought about ParanormalDate.com? Para what dot what? Who are you? I'm a paranormal matchmaker, and it's ParanormalDate.com. It's a website for people looking for people like them. Stuff you like, remember? Interesting. Uh, I'll give it a try. Well, let's try this again. Uh, Hi, I'm Tom. Hey, I'm Deb. Your profile on ParanormalDate.com looked very interesting. So you really saw a UFO? Well, yeah. It was so intense, but not as intense as meeting you. You're an alien chasing flirt, but I kind of like it. Wow, this ParanormalDate.com thing really works. Maybe ParanormalDate.com is for you. People with an interest in things they hear on George's show find their match daily. So if you're looking for that special someone... With an interest in UFOs, ghosts, aliens, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and, of course, the paranormal. Come to the dating site inspired by George Norrie. It's always free to search, and if you decide to upgrade to our amazing new features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. ParanormalDate.com. You are not alone. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with our Ouija board expert, Karen Dahlman. Now, Karen, you have had some mainstream jobs. In fact, you're a psychoanalyst. And as that, did you tell the people around you what you were doing? 
I'd never say names, but I had some close therapists, friends, and administrators who used the board with me. Um, and I've had prof- lot, many professional people and just people from all walks of life over the years. But it was a quiet, more secretive thing. I kept it that way because um, I was writing a book in 1997 and I was a I was a practicing psychotherapist pretty in Austin I had a private practice and I had a lot of contracts in the hospitals so I really had to prove that I was this grounded licensed practitioner and if you brought up the word Ouija has such a, a stigma and a controversial stigma around it that it just wouldn't fly I, I knew I'd be considered a quack so I kept it separate from my practice it always did I kept it separate it was something that I used for my own spiritual explorations on the side although definitely things I was Exploring helped me be a better person and a better therapist with my clients. So I could see how it would work with it. It helped segue into my work, but yet I kept them separate. And so I didn't talk about it openly. And I didn't publish that first book until quite a few years later. It was not until 2012. And when I published that book, I decided I can come out. Oh, the book doesn't, that first book of mine does not speak at all about the Ouija board, yet everything in that book I wrote with the help of my spirit guides wow. and the angels. What's the name the of every- your first book? It's like- called The Spirit of Creativity, Embodying Your Soul's Passion. Okay. And it's all about living the creative life that we, not to be an artist, but that we come into this world, creative beings, and we have to uncover that and release it. And then we can start manifesting and creating the world that we desire in greater, grander ways. This is before the, this is before the law of attraction even came out. This is way before all that stuff was, you know, the secret and all that. It was what the guides were bringing to me. And it was also the, some of the work I was doing with my clients. And so I put that into a book. And, but I didn't come out until 2012 with it published and, and it immediately landed me on some big shows and people were so interested in the Ouija, although still even in 2012, there was still a negativity about it that um, I found that people started writing to me and said they were also in the closet with their board. Uh, they're afraid. Yeah, they're professionals and they're afraid to mention they do it because it's a kid's game or or it sounds st- stupid or it's that they know they're, they're t- tapping on something big or people say they're demonic or possessed. Sure. But people wrote to me and said, we really want to understand your odyssey with this tool. So that's why I wrote the book, The Spirits of Ouija, Four Decades of Communication, because at that point I've been using the board for 40 years. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, when that book came out, it had been 40 years I've been using the board and that came out in 2013 and then that just people just wanted to hear learn more and so I thought you know what I'm in the public now no matter what I'm doing with my other career my other life it's not a negative stigma for me anymore it's definitely it's always been positive but now I, I I'm so open and out there about it that I that it, it allows a lot of people to be open and to start talking about this wonderful tool oh yeah of course uh, spirit of Ouija is it what it's called Spirits, the spirits of Ouija. The spirits of Ouija. I had looked it up on Amazon and you've gotten just all five star reviews. I mean, it's a good book. Yeah, um, people really, really, really like it. Um, it helps them to be open about it. A lot of people are curious about sure. this tool. Um, they, they, they get so caught up in the dogma and, and, and the, the negativity around it that they were always afraid of it, but they, they kind of wanted to try it. So this, this book, people tell me to them, it's like the manual for the Ouija that was never written. <laughs> when you buy a Ouija board, there's no manual. And so they say this is like the manual that everybody needs to read. So I, I, I'm very honored by that, that they would say that. Yeah, it's really nice. I met a woman at one of my workshops that I had gone to and she's got a um a note card and she's got a through z written on it and she's got the num- numbers written on it and oh, she's perfect. got a real small f- flat crystal and she just when she's relaxing she'll just have a question in mind and you know her finger will just land on whichever uh, letter you know and and mm-hmm. spells words and she's written philosophy and poems or you know she gives the credit Beautiful. to the spirit world but you know i remember when she told me that i thought oh, that's no different than a ouija board why are it I, is that's what it is. yeah it's, it's just i mean it just shows how deep beliefs can be that an actual piece of I don't know what, what they're made out of anymore, but, you know, if I say it's a wooden board or something like that, that in and of itself, it can be a bad thing, you know? It's like... Well, I always say, why would you give your power over to some inanimate object, such as a piece of wood or, or masonite or compressed particle board or cardboard? That's what they're made out of now. It's mostly cardboard. And why would somebody give their power over? And it's, it's not really because of that individual. It's because of all things they've heard from yes, their beliefs, yes. from what they've learned, what's been indoctrinated in them, what's been spoon-fed into them. And I say, really check that and look at yourself and what do you want to believe about it? Because that's all it is. It's a tool. It's a permission slip to reach into other realms. No different than a, than a K2 
meter, no different than a Frank's box, no different than a candle lit in your room, no different than um, you praying. It's it's it, there's nothing different. It's just a, a it's just a tool to augment you to reach into these realms. Now, you and I were having a conversation a little bit earlier. Um, you and I have something very much in common, and it's our exploration into you know being a, more of a medium and transmediumship and and channeling. Mm-hmm. And once you take the board away, you can still do this work, and that's where I'm at today with it. Take the board away. I'm still talking to my guides. Um, and so it's not the board, it's me, it's ourselves, that you, it's the user of the board, the operator of the board that is able to reach in these realms. It just becomes a symbol for them or a simple way that says, okay, let's use a tool and that'll help you guide you through it. Now, yes. the woman who writes on a piece of paper, technically you can't call it a Ouija board, we just trademarked, but you would call that a spirit board, a channeling board, a talking board. And this brings up a great point. I'm glad you brought up that story. People ask me this all the time. What kind of board should I get? My answer is get the board that makes you feel most comfortable with yourself or make one yourself even better because you put your intentions into it. And that's what's going to work for you. And the reason why is because, again, it's not the board. It's how you feel about yourself, the energetic vibration that you raise yourself to that allows you to reach into these other realms. Mm, very good. My mind is going to like an image of dousing rods, you know, oh, yes. the old timers that would douse for where to, to build a well and all that stuff. And, and people always thought that these rods had magic powers, but right. no, it's got nothing to do with the rods. The body would s- signal the rods to open up, you know, That's so right. we are the channel. We are the instrument. It's not the board. It's not the rods. You know, it's, it's us. Exactly. And exactly. And and so it, some of us, like I was so young and that was the way I learned to tap into these realms. And so I, it just worked very well for me. So, you know, today it's like, I love, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy using the board. I enjoy that direct communication. I enjoy how well it works for me. And here I'm, I'm on my 43rd, 44th year, excuse me, I'm going in my 44th year of using this tool. And it's been such a part of my life, but again, I don't need it. Um, I can speak directly with spirit. I started there when I was very young and I'm full circle back there again, but I do enjoy having this tool. Dowsing rods I love too. And I love tarot. I have a bunch of tarot decks and oracle cards, which again, that's just a tool. And I, I just want to stress as you, as you've been stressing too, Sandra, to the audience is that there, there doesn't have to be any negativity associated with this except for the negativity you want to bring to it. In fact, I don't even believe in evil. I believe in evil people, people having evil behaviors, yes. but I don't believe in evil inherently. It's what we bring to the table and what we project onto things that makes it so. Yes, I believe that. And you know, Karen, it's so funny because we're talking about this and I hear the words coming out of my mouth that, you know, it's just a board, piece of wood, piece of cardboard. (laughs) But my belief in what my brain is still trying me to convince is, well, there's no way in hell you're going to get one, Sandra. Right? Like that's what's coming in my mind right now. So I love that because we have to, that's what I tell people. I say, explore that within yourself because like people are like, I want to do it, I want to do it. Okay. And then I say, well, what do you really think and feel about it? Well, I was told this and I say then look at that next look at that because you're gonna if you take this tool and start using a tool when you still have some trepidation mm-hmm. even subconscious trepidation you're gonna attract more negative things to you but just as easily if you have different intentions and beliefs you can draw these magnificent angelic beings and source energy and ethereal beings that have gosh the stuff they say is just profound I mean it's, I, they, they write all my books with me their names should really be on these books but they said we want no gratitude or we, we want no um, accolade for that because we are here just to support you and you're the one in human form. They're kind of coming through right now and saying that. So it's just it's really you have to look at how you feel about any tool you use. And if you bring that to the table, then you will tend to get, you know, whatever it is you, you think. It's kind of like the placebo effect. If you believe uh, this sugar pill is going to work for you. It will. If you don't believe it's not going to work, it probably won't. Same thing here. Yeah. So, and, and also, you know, this just brings up to me challenging beliefs. Cause if I, I've got, you know, this maybe subconscious belief that, yeah, we're talking about this, but I'm not going to get one. But what other beliefs do I hold is true? You know, as human beings in our younger days, I mean, how many people believe that they're not smart enough? How many people believe they're not lovable? Uh, right. How many people believe they can't play sports? This might just be a good conversation to realize that we got to challenge our beliefs. 
because, you know, there's not a single one of us that's not lovable. So nobody's saying you have to go out and buy a Ouija board. Right. You don't. Right. But if you can use this conversation to challenge some of those beliefs and uh, be open to whether it's creating your own board or, or using something to get yourself closer in touch with the spirit realm, all good. So let's talk about tying it in with how you've used it that you believe in life after death. Yeah. Oh, Have wow. We, yeah. Yes. There's, I just want to say with that comment you just made, I just, gosh, it must be, it's brilliant to say that because I, what I find, and this is how I help people reach into their greatness with this tool and not just this tool, but these ideas like you're, you brought up, it's the concept that there are many possibilities to life. And, and as you said, if you can explore what's going on internally within yourself, your whole life externally will be different. Wow. If you really, yeah, if you really can clean up that stuff in there, cause it's true. We all were born in love and light and they're, they're not inherent evil, not wicked and not sinned, full of sin. We were born pure and light and we can get back to that place. And, and I find this tool has helped people do that. But I also find just having this conversation, exploring, like you said, your internal beliefs is where it needs to go. That's that was so well said. Thanks. So yeah, good, good, good segue into this. And so, um, th- this is what has happened for me with this, with this tool, with the afterlife. So we started talking with that sister um, and I was just blown away, not just that we could talk to her, but blown away that she was still alive. And so what the spirit guides tell me all the time, they say, what you guys, humanity calls death, we call life. There is no such thing as death. It's always a continuation of life. It just changes form. Karen, I apologize to cut you short, but we need to take a quick break and then we'll let you continue. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are here with Ouija board expert Karen Dahlman. Now, Karen, just before the break, you were saying the spirits say what you call death, we call life. Can you say more about that? There is no such thing as death. It's always a continuation of life. It just changes form. So they get into the physics of it, but they say this is what we experience. Now, when I talk to somebody who's passed over, and I do that quite often, and I have many, many times over the years, they will say, oh, my God, it's such a joy to be here. I've had nobody say this sucks or or it's over. It's always been a beautiful continuity of love. Now, what really made me look at this tool and look at the afterlife in an even grander way, and I'd like to share this story with your listeners because it kind of parroted what had happened to me at a young age, at the age of eight, with with the sister who was deceased. So the story goes like this. Now, this was about 13 years later. So here we are. It was it was uh, 1986. I had taken the board with me uh, to college towards the end of my college years, I think for the last year, year and a half. And I had a sorority and I was there was a couple girls in this group that were really good at using the board with me and, the, and everybody was pretty cool about it. Nobody cared, you know, and there's a few people in the house that the sorority house that were a little freaked on it. And I said, well, I'll just, you know, I'll do it in my own room or whatever. And but they said, you know, we're curious. There's all these stories we're hearing and this is really fascinating. We'd like to see you use it, mm-hmm. but we don't really believe it's real. And I said, okay, to this day, I don't, I don't prove anything, but then I felt like I wanted to prove to them something was going on here. I was, I was kind of on a different mission with the tool. So, I invited, it was about eight women, um, and then myself, and then the other person who operated the board with me, and then a person who was writing, who was a scribe. Well, what I did was this, and I kind of popped this on my partner, who's using the board. I said, we're going to blindfold ourselves. She's like, oh, okay, we'll do that. We had such a strong connection with this deceased woman we were talking to that we knew that she would come through. And I also had a spirit guide who was coming through, and I knew that there would be no problem with this tool working. So so we had that much faith in our abilities to work this tool, I should say. We had a faith in our our own abilities. Mm So we sat down, blindfolded ourselves. We used her board, which was an older board than mine. Mine's in circa 73. Hers was circa 19, uh, late 50s, 60s. So it, it was a board that was a lot larger. I wasn't used to using it. And we put it on our laps. We sat down cross-legged from each other on our laps. We were blindfolded, could not see, put our hands in the planchette, and we just opened it up asking for the guide to come through. And then the other gal was sitting there ready to write, take dictation. Mm-hmm. So here we are. It starts the planchette, which is the piece that goes on the on the board, which is an indicator which points to the letters. Right. It starts moving rapid fire, Sandra, around this board really quickly. I'm used to that, but at that time I wasn't used to that kind of rapidity. It, this was so rapid. 
move, 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 move. I hear a little sniffle around. I'm like, is everything okay? They're like, no, no, go, go on, go on, move, move, move. And, and this girl's riding and we're, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep my fingers on for dear life. <laughs> right. Basically it stops, comes to complete stop, it halts. So we pull our blindfolds off and I asked the gal, right? And I said, please, please uh, read what it says. Now, I, I always change the names of people. So yeah, this of is course. basically, yeah, yeah. So this is basically what it said. And, and so it's not verbatim. I don't have the book I'm reading in front of you, but it's in my book, The Spirits of Ouija, verbatim. I used to keep, and I still do copious notes of every session. So what it said was this. Dear Layla, this is your sister. I want you to know that I am fine. And so is my boyfriend. We love you. We're still with you. We died on impact. Please do not carry the burden of our loss anymore. Know that the only pain we feel is the pain that you carry because you feel like you've lost us. We are here. We will always be with you. We love you. Tell mom and dad, I give my love and we'll be with you again. Now, when that happened, there was not a dry eye in the room. We just listened to the message. It was quiet. You could hear a pen drop. And then the gal who this message was for started crying. I went, what? You got a dead sister? I didn't even know she had a dead sister. Oh. She apparently had a daughter, a sister that died four or five years earlier. She never talked about it. Nobody in that room knew but her. And I'm like, wait a second. Okay, something's going on here. Plus, we were blindfolded, okay? So we sat there. She's crying. And the girls are looking at us going, oh, my God. And, I, and, and now my partner and I knew, we were like, we've been doing this stuff for a while. This is, this is really working. And I just said, you guys, no more fun and games. I don't need to prove anything to anybody else. I said, this changes the whole thing with this tool. This is for grief. This is for closure. This yeah. is to know that life continues on. This is to know that love is there forever, never to end, never to cease. It's always going to be in existence. And this, that taught me a big lesson. At that moment, in that time, that, that second, it changed my whole direction I was going with this tool. It, it, although I was doing, you always using it positively, but it gave me a new focus that this was very therapeutic. This was very much would allow us to, to help people and that life does really continue on with love, nothing but love. And this gal and her boyfriend that were killed in this car, car wreck was not their fault. They were killed by somebody else. They had no animosity, no pain and no, no fear, no grief, no disappointment, no anger. And that was such a beautiful thing to learn. That's incredible. Your hands must have been flying over, over that board with all it those words, <laughs> all that, those letters. And the person oh, keeping yeah. track of each letter and writing it all down. I mean, that must have happened fast. It did. And, and thank goodness that gal was dictating. She had done dictation before, so she was good at it. Now, when I typically use the board now, I have only one finger on the planchette. My partner will have like two or three on each hand. And then I write with my right hand. I have my left hand and it moves around really quickly and I call it the letters and I just write them down and I write them as I, and I, and I that's how I can separate myself from it. So it becomes more, uh, I'm not, I'm not in the, I, what was the word I'm trying to say? I dissociate in a sense from what's coming so I can really let it come through naturally without my influence. And that's a technique I've taught myself over the years and it seems to work really well for me. Hmm. Can you do it with just yourself or do you need a partner yes. to do it? I can do it by myself, and, and I'll explain that. Uh, I, for 39 years, I only used it with a partner, and I'll tell you why, Sandra. On the back of the box and on some of the older boards, on the back of the board, it said, use with a partner, preferably male, female, and put this board planchette between the two of you, or the board with the planchette, and rest your fingers lightly on it. So I followed the only little rules that were on the box and board and thought you had to have a partner. Okay. And then I used to list one of my brothers when I was younger because I thought you had to have a boy with you or a man. So it, what I've learned after 39 years, I've always used a partner, that I started using it by myself. And I prefer a partner. I, I like the camaraderie of using it with somebody and the conversations that it, it evokes. And also, I think um, when people first start out, it's easier to feel the pull, the planchette, when the, when the energies move it, of the, of the energies you're contacting. It's easier to find that and know what it feels like than when you try it right out of the box with yourself. So it's kind of hard to do it on your own. Plus, I know people who get addicted to this tool um, because it is, you can have immediate results with it. And I try to keep people away from doing that. I'd say it's better to, to work with somebody. Although I'm not opposed to it at all. If, if it, that's all they can do, then, they, then definitely they can use it by themselves. Hmm. And then how did you transition to now not needing it and just hearing the words coming through? 
Well, to me, the board, because I've been doing it such a long time, mm-hmm. and, and the spirit guides and I talked about it, it was almost like it'd become a crutch for me where I had uh, always had desires to, to move it off the board because I've always been very intuitive, empathic, and they said, you know, you can work with us directly without this. And, and they also said your work in the world that you're doing, it, it slows it down because for them, it's a direct transmission. It comes really quickly, even when the deceased speak to you, it comes fast, and especially these ethereal beings, it comes real quickly, and when I I do the board, it slows the process way the heck down. And so it might take, you know, you can imagine, spin out all the letters. It can take 15 minutes to get something that would have only taken one minute if I was verbally saying it. So in order to bring their messages to the world in a, in a more complete way, part of my goal was to get off the board. So I can even get the more profound messages where I don't lose any words and they don't have to be simplistic to spell it all out, but it can come through more quickly. And so it's something I've been practicing, you know, for the last couple of years to do that. I just got this image of my mind of a cartoon and it's Ooh. two souls that are like communicating telepathically and they're both looking down with this face, you know, looking at the person on earth with the Ouija board and they're going T H right. You know, like how slow. They're like, my God, could you please speed this up? <laughs> and the two of them are blah, 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 blah. You know, cause we get the, the old psychic communication in the spirit right. world. I just thought it was pretty funny. That's really, that's really cute. And truly that's how it works. And it sometimes I'll do I'll get their their words coming through on the board and the word will be missing and they and I'll st- I'll say did you guys forget a word they go we didn't forget it you did because we're coming we have to slow it down for you and you missed that word and it's true it's like I, I might have thought it in my head real quick and they go oh she got it but if I don't say it out loud then it's like I didn't get it and they they know that so they work around that with me that's the reason why I speak the letters out loud when I do it um, everybody has their own way of using this tool I just developed that over the years and it works really well for me. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Now, are you still working with people, helping them bring through their loved ones and things like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Still do that. Um, and also the, a big thing that we've been doing is, like I mentioned, was animal communications. Even this might sound a little strange, but I don't think it will to your audience because um, people can communicate with animals. You know, they're alive. I also communicate with animals that are alive through the board. So oh, I can talk. Can talk about that a little because, yeah, you know, I, you. I've been asked that I don't talk about animal communication enough. And, I, and the thing is, is... You know, we love our animals. We we fall in love with our animals. I mean, we're closer oh, to yeah. our animals than with most human beings because of that unconditional love. So we yes. want to know that they go on. They have, and- a, they have a lot to say. And in, in each animal, as we know, just from being, you don't have to even talk to your animals. Although they're always, as they, they tell me, they're always communicating with us. And they think it's silly when I try to talk to them on the board because they said, wait, you talk to us all the time. So there's a subconscious telepathic level where we're not even always aware of it, mm-hmm. that we're in communication. And people do that with their plants they know you know they feel that this plant needs this or needs that soil or needs this water or needs this you know new vase or whatever it is mm-hmm. and your animals are the same and it's more than just reading their body language they communicate this on such a different it's a visceral it's images it's very different so for them to sit there and spell they usually get helpers so when i work with animals through the board, whether they're deceased or alive, I have special, I would say, guides that come through who actually work with the animal kingdom. And these beings will come through and help translate into words. But how they do that is they read the vibration of the animal, whatever the animal's exuding or expressing, and they'll pick up its images, they'll pick up its its feelings, and they translate that into words that's close enough. And that's what psychics do, or mediums too, we're, we're picking up on those vibrations of the images we're receiving. So it's very much done in the, in the imaginal realm, those kind of centers, as well as through the feeling centers, through our senses. And that's how they communicate. And so when they come to the board, I have these helpers that are translating that into words, and then I'm getting real sentences. To me, when they communicate, they're very much like a, a little five or six-year-old who will just speak their mind, and there's no filters. And it's just hysterical, and it's beautiful, and it's just so wonderful because it's pure. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be back and hear some more of your stories. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't go anywhere. There's more Shades of the Afterlife coming right up. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure... It kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. The Internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It also can expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them.
Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are here with Karen Dahlman, Karen being the author of The Spirit of Alchemy, The Spirit of Ouija, and The Spirit of Creativity. Karen, before the break, you were talking about animal communications through the Ouija board. Can you give us any examples? Yes. I've done quite a few shows where we're, we're doing this for people with the board. I say me, my, my partner and I are doing this on the board, and people ask questions of their animals, and mostly people want to talk to their deceased animals. But I will tell you this, gen- in general terms with the deceased animals, they do continue on. They have continuity of life. They don't die. When they transition, they understand transitioning even before they transition. They totally get it. They get that they always will exist. And they always come through with the beautiful message, just like our loved ones do, of how much, thank you for taking care of me. Uh, you love me. I, um, of course, I've always loved you. I will. I'll be here with you again. Those kinds of messages. Now, I've had some specific things where I've spoken to um, people's pets that are alive or even wild animals. For example, I had this rattlesnake. You can talk to all levels of animals, by the way, all different kinds. And so this rattlesnake came into my yard and posted on Facebook and I took pictures of it. And I wasn't afraid of it because I knew, I, I know how far they can, they can jump and they have to be coiled up to jump. They, and I know they can only go like a third of their body. And I, I know all that stuff. And I wasn't afraid until it coiled up. And once it coiled up, I said, okay, time to go back in. But I got all these wonderful photos of it. And people were like, why don't you kill it? You know, why don't you? And I was like, why? I had such a f- feeling from the snake that it just was passing through and it just wanted to, what it did, it went over to my little fountain I have, which is like a little waterfall and just stuck its head in there and drank water. And then it sat there for a while and then went on its way. It was thirsty. And so I thought, you know, let me, let me communicate with this animal. So I did. And it came through and said, it just, it it said it in in a language I can understand, obviously. So it was interpreted by like a oversoul energy of this snake, of the rattlesnake. Uh And it came through and it said, just so you know, I I just came through to drink and I'm not afraid and I hope you aren't either. However, trust that I am a wild animal and I will strike if I have to. But I came through and I've come through before just to have a drink. And then I'm on my way. And I was like, that's exactly what it did. And I, I knew it was a he. It said it was a he. I knew how old it was. It told me how old it was. It's things like that. It's, it's, you can have these kind of specific conversations with these animals. Have you ever reconnected someone with their deceased pet? Oh, many, many times, many different shows. I'll have them call in and they want to talk to them and they have conversations or they say, or the animal come through and say something specific that only they would know or something about what they enjoyed that happened. And I had people that, I, this is what I find is one of the hardest things for people. And I fully get it. I know you will too, Sandra. There's times when people have to put their animals down. Yes. I've been there. It's awful. Yes, exactly. It's awful, and but it's necessary. It's necessary because you don't want that animal to suffer. suffer, right? And do heroics that don't need to be done. And I wish we treated we could do some people more often. To I don't know. I have a whole different thing on a belief on life and death because I don't believe that death ever exists. So what I find is people have the hardest time with that. And the biggest question is, will be that I have this dog or I had this cat and I had to put him down. And is she upset at me? And, and people hold that. Are, are these animals of mad course. at me? Oh yeah. Yes. I don't blame it, people at all. I, I fully get it. And their answer is, you love me so much. Thank you for taking care of me. It was time for me to go. And I knew that. And you responded because I was letting you know, and you took me to this place and allowed me to go peacefully. Thank you. That's what the answer is every single time. So many different words, but that's what the answer is. They understand the love behind it, that you really, really cared for them. And you only did that out of love. And just because we can't have a verbal language, you know, with the alphabet that we have, and they, it's, it doesn't matter. They feel their animals are so feeling centered and so telepathic and that's their communication. So they feel us so strongly and they feel your love and they feel your sadness about it. And they only want you to go to, they only want you to know that everything's going to be okay and and not to grieve over them, that they're here. They're right there with you. Yes. As are deceased loved ones right here. No different. And, and and animals, yeah, the, yeah, it always bothered me when I used to hear different traditions say, oh, the animals don't have souls or they don't continue on. Well, that's just, that's just hogwash, at least from my experiences and, and everything I've done with, for people over the years with talking to the animals and the deceased, they do continue on. Everything that's alive, sentient beings have souls. They, they do continue on. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's beautiful. Now, do you have a YouTube channel where we can see you doing some of these things? 
Absolutely. I'm glad you asked. I, I do. I have a, a channel. It's under my name, Karen A. Dahlman, D-A-H-L-M-A-N. And I started a new show in the last couple of months. I have one show that's called The Women of Ouija, where we talk about all things Ouija for the last two years. Those like 67 <laughs> episodes. Yeah, that's wow. a fun one. Really fun. We do a lot of uh, exploration into spirituality along with the Ouija board. I can't separate the two. But I have a new show I just started called Creative Visions TV Beyond the Board. And I do shows where my partner and I will show you how to use a board. We use it. And we did a session not too long ago where everybody on my channel, subscribers, got to writing with their questions. We drew them out of a hat and answered their questions and did a show where we're using the board, answering their questions. And you can watch and see, see us in operation and how we work. And then I do shows where I interview people that I've met. A lot of these people I've met because of the Ouija board and a lot of them do have affiliations either collecting the board or using it. And they've been on my channel talking about things such as using crystals for healing, becoming a medium, developing your skills, mediumistic skills, um, spirit communication, and also developing your creativity. So I've got a great lineup there of guests. It's a lot of fun. really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And that, that channel, like yours, Sandra, which I really appreciate your channel, it's Thanks. all about empowering yourself. Yeah. Things can be entertaining, absolutely. But ultimately, we want to have a, a better life and to use absolutely. whatever tools we have to know that we're not alone, that there's beings guiding us, helping us, and our loved ones are still around and our life is for a purpose. I mean, the, you know, if we can be courageous and go after our dreams and share and help other people. I mean, that's where the juicy stuff is. Karen, looking at the time, is there anything that you want to share that um, you haven't touched on already or, you know, to just give us some philosophy or whatever? You're right. There's always so much to share in so many different directions. I would say Uh the biggest thing here is, is, you know, we're we're talking about the Ouija board in a way is just as a tool. And I want to just emphasize that again. It's not the board that has any magical special powers. It's inanimate. What it is, is ourselves. Like we're talking about earlier, the board has really taught me about my own internal empowerment, but not just the board. There's many different techniques I use and tools and tips and ideas and suggestions and things I've studied over the years that have helped me develop that. And I would say if there's anything I, I can say in the show that's – and the guides are saying, yes, we want you to share this. I think the, the biggest, most important message here is that we are a type of being that is so so full of promise, so full of possibilities for expression of ourselves in the world at large, but also within ourselves. So we could just begin to turn back within ourselves and begin to explore this world within. And that's when we will see everything externally shift change. No matter what's going on around us in the world, if we see that these possibilities exist within ourselves, these beautiful uh, abilities are within us, the proclivities, skills, aptitudes are all within us and we shift and find them, uncover them, discover them, explore them. We will find and, and express them. We will find that our worlds will change. And anything that you can do to augment yourself to do that, whether it's meditation, whether it's taking a walk in nature, grounding yourself, surrounding yourself with crystals, uh, using uh, tools such as a tarot deck, whatever it is, you, it might just be yourself as a walking tool as we were talking about earlier. It's allowing yourself to tap into this, tap into that wisdom within, because truly that is source within yourself. Truly, that's where it's found. Oh, Karen, thanks so much. I wholeheartedly agree. And in this day that we have so much technology and our minds are busy between everything that's going on and then our cell phones and our computers and our television and everything, there's not a lot of opportunity for quiet mind and it really is quieting the mind and going within that you know this whole I mean I'm just getting a visual of a flower you need to water your plants and flowers for them to grow and bloom and the nurturing for us to bloom really is quieting our mind and being still so absolutely yeah. absolutely and I love that flower image because that's it, it does we do need to nurture this and it is delicate like a flower and then once you once you discover that and allow that garden to grow it becomes so robust it becomes so robust that you feel super empowered in your core in your center that then you feel like you can do be express anything you want to in the world and it just gets stronger and stronger the more you go within it's kind of really ironic in a way that that's where that's where you really find the truth and wisdom is all within and the spirit guides are saying yes that is your source 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 is not here to serve you source is here to work through you wonderful karen what's the best way for people to get in touch with you is it your website 
That's right. Yes, website's a great place. I'm all over social media, too, under okay. Karen A. Dahlman. Uh, I have a newsletter uh, on my website. You might want to join. Uh, you won't get all this crap coming at you. You'll get something like maybe once every four to six weeks articles. And then and then also, um, yeah, come check out my YouTube channel. I'm really excited about uh, what we're doing now and, and, and how we're bringing uh, the information from the guides more to the forefront for everybody to be a part of, participate, and also really trying to help people learn to do all this natural work themselves. There's no taking the mysteriousness out of uh, spirit communication or even out of understanding how to work with the deceased or your spirit guides. It's very, very natural and really trying to help people do that. So yeah, come join me. Um, and I really love, all, you know, people write to me too. It's really fabulous. I, I, I appreciate all the support. So yes, I'd love to see everybody in social media and over at my sites. Well, Karen, it has been a delight to talk to you. Oh, it's been wonderful on my side. Great, great talking to you too. And it's just a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. And it's easy to find Karen on YouTube. If you type in Karen Dahlman Ouija, you're going to find her. So it's D-A-H-L-M-A-N. Well, our home base is wedontdie.com. And at this moment in history, we have been doing stuff online as far as our free Sunday gathering, complete with medium demonstration, as part of it, courses, events, all kinds of great afterlife things, and so many episodes of great conversations about the afterlife. So again, wedontdie.com. You can check out our calendar, see what's coming up, join us live. There's something different about being actively participating with something weekly, regularly. It helps us all remember the big picture, that we're not alone, that our life is for a purpose. We are all unique. We are all individual. So my friends, be your true self. That's when you're most attractive and we love you. My name is Sandra Champlain and a warm thank you. You've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.